What's up, everybody? This is Cole Jackson, and I am back with another artist spotlight interview with my cousin from L.A. <laughs> Who does music? Um, I am sitting here with the one and only Sways out of Birmingham, Alabama. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you. This has been a long time coming for like years. Yeah, we've so, been trying to we've been trying to do this for a while now. Yeah. So I think I think it's the perfect time, man. So I remember I formally met you at Lauren Michelle's Lobotomix and you was standing off to the side. We was both early as hell. Mm-hmm. And you stand over to the side and um, introduce each other, and and we just started talking. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm from LA." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm I'm Bay Area cat." And then he was like, "Oh, for real?" And then we just started, we just hit it off like that, man. But what you might not know is, I seen you for the first time. First of all, I heard about you. Um, God, I had heard about you a couple times mm-hmm. from Laura Michelle. Never met you, never looked up, you know, looked up, I ain't that type of dude, be like, let me see what this guy yeah. looks like. <laughs> so I'm thinking you a black dude. You feel me? I was the second in Charles with my girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and she pointed you out, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> he's Latino. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> but he's, his his because I heard some of your stuff by that time. Yeah. And I was like, I couldn't put one and one together. And I was just like, all right, because I and I didn't, I didn't come up to you then because you was with your kid. You, uh-huh. was, you was out with one of your kids, and I was just like, well, let me just let him, let yeah. the homie chill, and I just link up with him when I link up with him. But I had seen you previously, and I wanted to say what's up to you, but I wasn't able to just because you know I believe in like when people are out with their kids, not to yeah, especially if you, if you don't know me. Yeah, you feel what I'm saying? No, I feel that. I mean, I feel like uh, shout out to Locks as well. Yeah. Um, Lauren Michelle, I, I'll never stop calling her Locks. I know, man. Um, I know. But yeah, I I remember meeting you at Lobotomics, and I remember that story repeating itself numerous times. Like you and I always got there early. Mm-hmm. We always just you know crushed a beer together, and like talked a little bit of stuff, yeah. you know, here and there. Um, also, I'm super approachable. Oh yeah. So like, it's 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 never really a problem. You know what I mean? When people see me, it's it's always like, "What's up?" You know, it's all love yeah, all the time. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. It, it was it was cool because at that time, I mean, I had been for a little while, but I had met, I hadn't talked to anybody else that was from from Cali. So sometimes, like when you're from Cali, when you're from California, if you lived in California, mm-hmm. people kind of look at you strange. You you act differently, or you you move differently, and stuff like right. that. And sometimes they just like. Like, hey, he's he's kind of like out there. I'm like, no, we we do things differently right. out that way. Yeah. So, and I think that was like, you know, me being from California and being Latino. Um, I got here pretty early on. Like, I think I got here in the 2008. Mm-hmm. So people kind of didn't know what to do with me here. Yeah, because it was uh, it's for those of you who don't know about Birmingham, it's a very black and white city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just now starting to see the introduction of Latinos into the city. Word. I'm not going to say I was one of the first ones because I, I know I wasn't, mm-hmm. but um, I definitely saw myself early on in the hip hop scene as being one of the only Latinos um, around that time. So yeah. it was, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think people knew what the hell to do with me. Yeah. But, you know, in Cali, we're all kind of like that's it's, the culture. It's, it's a mixing. It's a um. What am I saying here? I mean, it was a melting pot. Like melting pot. Exactly. For for so when you grew up out there, like where the neighborhood I grew up in, it was um it was Asian, Latino, and Black people, and uh-huh. we was all poor. Right. So that that's what we, that's what we had in common. We right. were poor, so we just it 
that's how it was. <laughs> yeah. It says your friends are all in the same struggle with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in East Los Angeles in the beginning, and it was all Latinos, Koreans, and Chinese. Yeah. And my parents moved me out of there pretty early on to San Bernardino. And it oh, was, you lived in San Bernardino? I lived in San Bernardino for 12 years. I graduated high school in the IE and everything. For real? I had yeah. a homegirl that lived out there one yeah. point in time. It was weird because, um, well, moving from L.A., we I, we moved to a predominantly black neighborhood. Yeah. And I was just like, cool. I mean, these are the homies. Like, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. And you just become friends with everybody. Um, and it's, it was weird for me because my dad was a minister. Mm-hmm. And his... Though we moved to San Bernardino, and for those who don't know, that's an hour away from L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, we never cut ties with L.A. because he was a minister and his church was in L.A. Mm-hmm. So I'd be in L.A. every night. You know, I'd go to, uh, go to excuse me, I'd go to school, I'd come home, change my clothes, take a shower or whatever, mm-hmm. and then go to L.A. Yeah. And on the weekends, I was always, you know, usually in L.A. as well. So. Yeah. Is, is that where you got your ear for, for music? Like when you when you was in San Bernardino, like when did that when did you start getting that ear for music? I got that ear for music at home. Um, my dad played the Beatles. He played Jimi Hendrix. He liked Led Zeppelin. He liked uh, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Um, my mom and dad used to listen to like a bunch of old school tapes. Um, f- I don't know if you ever heard of East Side Stories, but it's like a cholo oldies. Mm-hmm. Um, so we listened to that. Um, and I got my ear, my real ear for music at church. Yeah. Um, I think my dad was like, you know, you're in church all the time with me. Yeah. You need to learn how to play something. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to be a bass player. And when I showed interest, he got me a bass. Yeah. And I told the story multiple times, but I think that's where I started really kind of getting into it. Um, you know, we had hip hop has always been around. Yeah. You know, I didn't necessarily gravitate towards it. Mm-hmm. But I was always jamming to like once I started learning how to play bass and and guitar because I kind of learned them simultaneously. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, oh, Nirvana's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, you know, Nirvana's dope, and you know, all this stuff is dope. We grew up similarly because I lived with my aunt and uncle out there in, in the Bay. Uh-huh. My aunt was, I guess, hippie-ish, but she wasn't your typical. She, I had two aunts on both sides on my mom and my dad's side, and. My I was living with my aunt on my mom's side, and she they she had probably one of the greatest album collections I've ever heard in my life. So right. she was the type of woman that would wait on Saturdays and Sundays when it was time to clean up. She's playing something different every like I'm getting I'm getting like you know rock influence or I'm getting like um like new edition or I'm getting like um uh, Barry Manilow one one day or you know what I'm saying yeah. like so my whole. That's all I knew. And then when I used to come to Alabama, um, see my dad, he had a sister. Same thing. But mm-hmm. I was getting like Teddy P from her. Right. I was getting like I was getting like the soulful yeah. stuff from her. And I think people don't understand how diverse uh people of color are in Northern California because it is it's like a hippie town. Mm-hmm. I, or it was in a lot of ways. I know now it's 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 changed completely. It's tech now. It's tech it's a tech town. Uh, but you know, you have the exile of everybody in the country going there during the hippie era. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, I, I would imagine you listen to Joni Mitchell, and then you also listen to, you know, Marvin Gaye. And I heard everything. Yeah, her. and, and it's pretty dope. And in the, my opinion, the cool thing about it was, um, she always kept that. She always kind of kept that cultivated in the house 
because that's how, how she came up. She came up through she. I mean, she loved those albums probably more than she loved me and my uncle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that was her get. That was her escape every weekend. Right. You know what I'm saying? She would work all week just to get to Saturday and Sunday. Right. Play albums and right. clean the house, and that was her. And then me sitting in here listening to all of this. I'm like, what is this? What is this? And then when I finally get to the point of my life where hip hop kind of came in, where the samples was he- very heavy, right? I already knew, I knew already like what that came from. Yeah. So I, 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 she's you know rest in peace. But um, that's I, really cool. Yeah, like I, I every day I thank her for that. But yeah. at that point, you're kind of an advantage than you know a lot of us were because you're you're hanging out in a like. Um, a very eclectic environment, mm-hmm. uh, musically eclectic, and not only musically, but the San Francisco, the environment itself is extremely eclectic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're just now getting to a place where the rest of the country sees that you could be a person of color and be kind of who you want to be. Yeah. But, you know, we came from an era where, or not an era, an area, excuse me, where we always just kind of did what we wanted, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think people are surprised when they find out that there's like Mexican punk rockers in LA or Mexican surfers or uh Mexican metalheads. Mm-hmm. Um but that's that's what people gravitate, you know, whatever speaks to you, you can gravitate towards it and there's no right or wrong yeah. way to be, you know, whoever whoever you want to be. My wife says that all the time. There's no right or wrong wrong way to be Latino or or black or human, you know. Um and I, and I and I like that. I subscribe to that. People don't even think that way either. Like 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 that's more of a open minded mentality. Like especially that was kind of how I came up. Like I, I growing up where I grew up at, like we really didn't. It really wasn't a separation until you get until you get to like you know high school and then you know then you doing something else. But I've always had that in the back of my head about I don't care what you do, like your people are people. Right. No matter what. And no then matter once what. You, once you get in the South, it's kinda different. And then you have to learn how to like adjust and move differently. So Yeah. And and rightfully so. I mean I get it because the history here is so different from what we're from how we grew up. And um you might look at your you know, at the at the next person and kinda be weary about it, you mm-hmm. know, because of the history. Yeah. So, um I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and we're not knocking the South. We just we just grew up a little bit different. But I love it here. You know, the yeah, South me too. has been very, very kind to to you and I both, I, I would say, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty dope. <laughs> what? Why DJing? Like, I, I know you do producing. I want to uh-huh. talk about your DJ side. Like, what pushed you in the way of, of doing DJing? Um, so... DJing is uh, is just a natural aspect of what I do. I I'm not the best DJ. Um, I don't even put DJ in front of my name. Right. Um, but I always want to make beats. Like I said, I started playing young. I'll tell you this story real quick. Mm-hmm. When I was uh, I was notorious in high school for not going to school. <laughs> I, I love ditching school. Yeah. It just I just didn't even want to be there. You know, it was just whack to me. It just it wasn't. It wasn't speaking to me, mm-hmm. and I at the time I was into graffiti, and I would you know go downtown and just get my little tags on and stuff like that. Yeah. And one day my homie calls me, one of my best friends. His name is Jose. Everybody calls him Pose. So mm-hmm. Pose calls me and he's like, "Yo, you going to school today?" I was like, "Hell no." Nah. He's like, "All right, cool. Um, you want to come over to my place?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, let's let's do it." 
And uh, that happened more and more. And then one day we were watching Rap City, and I vividly remember watching, uh, it was around the time that the Gravediggers dropped their second album. Mm. And uh, I was like, bro, we got to do that, man. We got to like, like you DJ, I rap. You know what I mean? I don't. I yeah. thought I was a rapper at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's he looks me dead in my face and he says, you know, my uncle left some turntables in my garage at at some point. And uh, wow. I was like, what 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 kind of turntables? He was like, I don't know, but they're they're still there. I was like, you're telling me right now in your garage you have some turntables? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, show me. So we went in his garage and he he had like the sheet over these turntables and they were. Pose, if you're listening, you know I'm not lying. Two Technique 1200s, a mixer. It was an old mixer. Yeah. I think it was like, I don't, I don't know what kind of mixer it was, but and a small crate with a few records in it. And yeah. we're talking about like uh, Fresh Prince records. We're talking about like um, Eric B and Rakim, stuff like that. Oh, wow. So and yeah, I was yeah. just like, yo, what the hell, bro? Like we've been ditching school every day and you... So from then on, he I'm was like, sitting on gold. He was sitting on gold, bro. Like we were broke as hell. Yeah. And he had two Technique twelve hundreds. So by the end of the week, he had him set up in his room, and he was really like really influential. Like we're the same age, but you know he had these things in his house every day. Mm-hmm. So he would practice every day, and I started going over, practicing with him, making mixtapes, uh, things like that, and it just stuck with me. I never wanted to. I never thought I'd be a DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to be a producer. Yeah. But if you look at producers that I love and, and you know, have enjoyed over the years, mm-hmm. they were all DJs too. Yeah. So I think uh, it's it's not that I feel like you should be a DJ if you're a producer, mm-hmm. but it doesn't surprise me. It's just kind of a natural, it's like a natural, like, uh, transition. Yeah. You know? That was kind of like, for me, the same thing, man. Like, I, I, I taught myself how to DJ because I can rap. I was like, I suck at rapping. But um, at, at at the the I had it, I had, it was you know it was later on in life when I really started like taking it seriously. I did the same thing. I got I got me a Newmark mix mix deck mix mix deck pro mixtape pro mix deck pro whatever it was called, mm-hmm. and, and I sat up and um, the first thing that I learned was how to blend. This dude, I'll never forget, this dude that I talked to said, if you're serious about DJing, he's like, as long as, when you learn how to how to transition, you're good. So right. he said, take one song, and he said, all you need to do is make sure you transition it from one side to the other deck, and if it's seamless, you've, that's, that's, you, you've made it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I practice that, like, every day. Yeah. I, I came in from work, and I turned those, I turned, the, I turned on my computer, because I wanted to learn album wise like i wanted to use like actual vinyls but right. that shit was too expensive i was right. broke as hell so and then i had to scrape up the money to get that that new mark i'll never forget man like i got every every day i play h to the izzo and the, and and i was trying to transition what did you mix that with no i well i well he told me to take the same song okay and try and, to try to, try and, to mix and, it. and he said as long as you transition it seamlessly yeah he said you've already cracked the code he yeah. said once you learn that you're good and yeah. then Anybody who knows music, well, for me, when I was learning how to DJ too, I just knew my counts. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when it came to like different BPMs and stuff like that, I just knew my counts. Like you know what I'm saying? So right. I just taught myself that way. Now, if you ask me to scratch, sorry, <laughs> I- I'm done. Yeah, me too. You know I'm, what I'm, I'm saying? Not, I'm not good at scratching. I'm terrible at scratching. I'm not good at scratching, juggling. But um, if for those of you listening, what he means about transitions is like. 
um, you want to have a smooth transition into the next song. Yep. Because if you're partying and you're doing a two-step and the DJ messes that up, mm-hmm. it's going to fuck up your whole two-step. Yep. And then you're going to have to, you know, try to figure out how to get back on it. And if you're dancing with somebody and they see you, you know what I mean, messing up the vibes, like, yeah. you might not get a second dance. Exactly. You damn sure ain't going home with nobody right. that night. And so, some of y'all DJs be trying to mask that with your little sound effects, too. And facts. That's, don't do that. That's not. I did not say that. I did not say that. I did. I know how it be, man. I know how y'all be trying to mask that stuff. Man. Come on, man. Get out of here. Shout out DJs, man. Out there, man, doing their thing. <laughs> so, um, when we talk about, like, the music grind. Yeah. Did you pursue it in L.A.? And if you did, how it? What was the difference between the music grind in L.A. than it was when you got to Birmingham? So my my pursuit with music was whatever I can do musically. Mm-hmm. So I was in I was in the church band, you know, um, and then I transitioned to another like like side church band with like some younger guys and we we're like oh we're playing like more like more cooler like church music <laughs> but is, you know this is poppy but no it was like it was it was us and we were doing it like in a you know quote unquote cooler way and right. you know we were young and we were like like what i would envision as cool kids you yeah. know so we were going to different churches and we we're you know talking to girls and all this stuff right so it was like a, it was cool for me to be able to to perform in front of people mm-hmm. at such a young age um, and then, um, and then, uh, my, my, my brother-in-law at the time, uh, shout out Paul, who's, who's like a big brother to me still, he got me into hip hop. Like mm. I like, you know, I like hip hop when I was a kid, there were certain songs that like always moved me, Yeah. but he got me into hip hop, hip hop. Like we were right around in his car and we'd be listening to you know, Black Moon, mm. we'd be listening to, like, all, all East Coast hip-hop. What? Yeah. In L.A.? In San Bernardino, yeah. Um, That's weird to me, because at that point in time, I'm thinking, this is when it was super heavy, because at one point in time, if you was a West Coast artist, you couldn't even get played in New York. Right. And then, I never knew what the love was was was, was back like that, was when right. I was growing up, all I knew was West Coast rap for a right. minute. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you were even deeper in the West Coast, like... You can, I, I was, I would assume that San Francisco had music from New York all the time and stuff like that. But, but not with my cousin, no. <laughs> but, see, I, I, I guess it's just a uh, not necessarily a proximity thing, but who you're around. Mm. And he just so happened to love East Coast hip hop. Of, of course, we listen to Snoop. Of course, yeah. we listen to Dre, Souls of Mischief, mm. uh, Far Side, you know things like that. But you know, we were very like East Coast influence. Wow. And um, and I loved it. And I and it. At a young age, it made it difficult to really kind of love West Coast hip hop because the music was so different. Yeah. Right. So West Coast hip hop was like P funk and like which I love now, mm. you know. But at the time, I was like, man, these like jazz samples are moving. They move different, and they move. Yeah. They resonate differently with me. Yeah. Um, and um, so I wanted to make hip hop. To answer your question, I wanted to make hip hop. I wanted to do, uh, be involved in music in that way. Um, I didn't know about samples. Mm. I was young and I had no idea. I thought these were, I was like, man, these these dudes are the most incredible musicians in the world, mm-hmm. and they're making hip hop. And I don't know what I was thinking. Right. So we, me and my, me and a good friend of mine started making beats at church. Mm-hmm. And um, I would, I found this dude named Mike, 
in high school who had SoundForge on his laptop or on his his, uh, desktop. Yeah. And we would go over there and just make beats. And I think I'd like, I'd give him stuff. Like I didn't have any money, but I'd give him like, you know, like a hat or some shit. Yeah. yeah. Whatever I could, I could get so I can, I I won't mess up that relationship. Yeah. And I just started doing it that way. Um, My intent was just to get good, you know, so. How is how is music different in LA as as opposed to here? Yeah, as far as like pursuing it, it was just me honing my skill most of the time. I was just working really hard. I mm-hmm. my first sampler, like I was doing pause and tape, uh, pause and once I found out about sampling, obviously mm-hmm. I was doing pause and record uh, tapes, mm-hmm. and um, and then I transitioned to buying a, a sampler. Yeah, but I didn't have enough money to buy like um, the actual uh, disc for it, mm-hmm. so I was making beats every night and deleting them. You know, but it's just like a hunger. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and when you're hungry, you don't give a damn. Like, you just want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, I finally, uh, I finally invested in a, like a computer, mm-hmm. and I started making beats. And I hooked up with like some some of my friends back home, mm-hmm. and um, started working with them. You know, and by the time I started working with them, mm-hmm. I see um, that 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 time like that trajectory it was like it's, it's a very big big window of time. Yeah. So by then I was already. My my wife and I, we already had a kid. We weren't married yet, but we already had a kid, mm-hmm. and um, and she's always been super supportive. So I I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. N- nor did I know w- did I know what I wanted from it. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I wanted to do it. It made me feel good. It made me feel creative. It made me feel like uh, like I was finally really good at something, you know, on my own. You yeah. know, and um. And when I when we moved here, I was kind of soured by some of the relationships that I had made uh, in in Cali. Oh, wow. um, so I didn't want to do music anymore. I kind of just wanted to really just chill out. You know, I was like, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm in my twenties. I have a kid. I just got married, and we yeah. just had another kid. So we had two kids, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And we moved out here, and I'm like, there's no, there's no reason for me to do this. I say that. But I had my SP three hundred three in my in my my luggage. Yeah, it's the only thing I brought with me at the time, well, like outside of clothes, obviously. Yeah, was and it was it was it a fallout between you and one of your homies or something or like? It was I, it was a a, a slight misunderstanding, mm-hmm. and um, I've since I and mean, we 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 patched it up. I love those guys. Yeah, obviously, but it it hurt me because you know I just I didn't know. I sometimes you sometimes you see yourself with with a group of friends and that's you're you're dead set on making it with them mm-hmm. right and when that doesn't work out you're just like damn I'm by myself you know and they're still working on music together and it um and sometimes that stings a little bit yeah but um like I said I still love those guys and uh, they've they've done some really cool things and I'm super proud of those guys um but yeah, it, it kind of sent me into a spiral where I didn't want to work on music anymore. Yeah. I was kind of like, whatever. Slowly, I started, you know, going to Charlemagne, just buying records. I miss that place too. I miss that place as well. Started going to like thrift stores, buying records. Um, I um, I'm trying not not to be so repetitive in what I'm saying because nah, I've done do I've do done a couple other podcasts, but I got but you this, ain't did this one. Yeah, I did this one. <laughs> this shit is fire. Yes, Think Radio. <laughs> No, dude. So I got this. I got this job at um at a bank. Yeah, and I was killing it. Like um, I was killing it in the sales area. Mm-hmm. And 
I felt like I could do no wrong there. So one day I brought, I had a disc of Adobe Audition, which I still use to this day. I love that little program. That's cool. And I inserted it into the into the computer, mm-hmm. and that the they let me upload it into the 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 bank computer, and I was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> so that was one day, and I was just like, oh man, let me see how this, you know. So I started downloading songs from like YouTube to MP3. Mm-hmm. Cause again, I was at work, and then uh, one day I brought my sampler. And I just started making beats at work. And um, I had one person who walked up to my desk and they were like, yo, is that SP-303? What the hell are you doing, bro? <laughs> I was like, just making beats at work. Uh, shout out to my homie Carlos. He's still, <laughs> still my good friend to this day. But um, once I started making beats at work, yeah. I was just like, man, this is, I'm still here. You yeah. know I, mean? I still love this. So, you know. Once I started doing that, the transition was super easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I there was always been very very talented musicians in the city and in this town, but you know I had my own little style and my own little flavor. I like to think, mm-hmm. and the first people I hooked up with were um, Club Monster. Yeah, yeah, Josh and, and Dada and yes, um, Kale Ricks. Kale Ricks. Yeah, those are some uh, probably some of the coolest dudes i've ever sat down with too man absolutely those those interviews i had with those guys are, are amazing and then i know why their group works right because the way each one of them thinks it i, I love them dudes shout out to club monsters big shout out to club monsters it's so different but they're the same and it mm-hmm. works so it's like they cover you know they have three perspectives on everything yep and you hear it in the music they're really good at picking beats mm-hmm. in my opinion um and the the way they curate their pro, curate their projects is um is was something that I had never seen at the time right you know I think um they really put a lot of care into it and I think uh, when an artist is thoughtful in their presentation mm-hmm. I I really appreciate that right and I think those guys uh, are definitely like top notch when it comes to that yeah so I, I did one song on Canvas it's called House Guest. And if you listen to that record, I've heard that. You listen to the whole album and you listen to that song, you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> and I remember I played it for my homie back home. His name is Pablo. And Pop heard it and he was like, yo, this is that shit. He's like, yo, East Coast beats with Southern, like a Southern draw. Like that shit is insane. You yeah. know? And I kind of felt the same way. And it, got, and it gassed me, you know, like I, it's what I needed to hear at the mm-hmm. time. And uh, there's a song on there called Freedom as well. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, um, this was on, it wasn't. It wasn't. Was it Canvas? It was the the one prior to that. Uh, I can't think of the name of the album yeah. right now. But I, I uh, think together. The, I think the cover was separate, but but I'm trying to figure out if the cover was black and white or not. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. I remember the cover. I can't remember the name. Say my life though. Well, there was a song there with this artist named Jasmine, and uh, I was like, "Yo, this whoever." This lady is is amazing. Yeah. Like she's incredible. I love her voice, and it's just like I don't know, man. I'm I'm a sucker for when a voice has like a a little bit of pain in it, you mm-hmm. know. And that beat was a little dark, and she just matched it perfectly. And uh, I just thought it was incredible. And a few a few um, weeks later, after I met Josh and submitted that song for for Canvas, which hadn't been released at the time, mm-hmm. he's like, "Yo, our friend Jasmine wants to work with you." And I was like, uh, "The girl from the from the Giant." He's like, "Yeah." Ja- we talking about Jasmine Garfield, Garfield, right? Jasmine Garfield. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I made sure because yeah. we don't say our full name. No, who knows? No, Jasmine is amazing, and uh, and that's my sister. I don't 
to this day. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, Jasmine, um, Jasmine made me really feel like I can do this music shit. Wow. Um, we worked on a few songs, um, maybe about five, six songs that kind of like saw the light of day. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I just felt like I'm not working with rappers anymore. I'm working with a singer, and it just took me into another, a whole nother zone. You yeah. know what I mean? And I was just like, okay, like this is an opportunity I never thought I have to work with such a talented singer. And mm-hmm. I really took it seriously, and I really wanted to, to like uh, expand on it. And then Jasmine said, "Hey, I want you to meet my friend Love More." Yeah. And, and you know. Yeah. And so on and so forth. And right. then obviously Love More is incredible. Yeah. And has a bigger personality than than anybody you know you've ever met. Yeah. So. Yeah. She's I, a she's a she's a star. Yeah. I've I've I had the pleasure of interviewing her also, and I think I'm probably one of the few people who have like a, a actual audio interview with her. So appreciate that yeah, <laughs> she just love more. she just got signed here recently yeah, too so yeah you know how hard it was not to tell anybody that yeah i can imagine yeah but that I mean, that comes with the that comes with the game though you know what i'm saying like especially when you're really really solid with somebody like yeah you know yeah no she's she's incredible she deserves every bit of it yeah un, 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 unbelievable talent yeah unbelievable talent exactly so we 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 talked about it a little bit earlier in 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 the conversation. Uh, your dad, uh-huh. how big of an influence was he when it came to you and music, and not just the pursuit of music, but just like just just being a part of that that that, that whole thing. I think I mean he was incredibly like influential. For him being a, like a Pentecostal like Christian, mm-hmm. none of my other homies were getting like that type of music in their house. I would go to some of my homies' house and they'd be playing Channel 40, which was a Christian channel at their house, <laughs> and they can listen to shit. Yeah. Uh, my dad was very loose outside of church. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very Christian outside of church, mm-hmm. but he was very loose with how what we listened to. Yeah. So he was really okay like with me listening to a bunch of stuff. And one of the first things he ever actually handed to me was uh, the Jimi Hendrix um, Are You Experienced record. Mm. And... Um, we had some Alice Cooper stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the first song. I'm, my aunt played Welcome to My Nightmare and blew my mind. Yeah. Sorry. I remember I, 18 was my song. I was like, damn, I can't wait to be 18. <laughs> Just fuck shit up. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, so he was super influential. Um, really, like, we would take car rides. I think my musical, like, uh, mind was was crafted in cars, mm. you know, Um Southern California is everything is sparse, everything's spread out, mm-hmm. and you just drive everywhere. And we used to, he used to have a 1972 Monte Carlo, and uh, it wasn't like a super low rider out because mm-hmm. I don't think we could afford to do that. Yeah, but it was like on some bootleg like cello shit, and right. I thought it was dope. And um, <laughs> and I would ride in the front seat, and we listen to all kinds of music, and you know, and then fast forward, you know, mm-hmm. I was doing the same thing with with my my friend Paul, yeah. you know. So a lot of my a lot of my influence came from from my, both my mom and dad, and I think everyone's influence is kind of shaped that way. Yeah, you know, uh, it's um, but then you know I, I use that as a foundation for what I like, mm-hmm. and then slowly started, you know, branching out. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the Cross and Switchblade pro- uh, project that you did because that was dedicated. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. that was dedicated to your father, right? You going you going in on this one? <laughs> Come on, bro! Um, Look who you talking yeah. to? <laughs> Cross and Switchblade, man. And thank you for bringing that up because nobody ever talks about that. Mm-hmm. But because um, that was 
around about the time, or it was after your, your father had passed. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. So, um, and I'm going to try my best to, to talk about this. I don't really talk about this very much. but in, I, I, Yeah. I, I didn't mean to cut you no, off, no, no. but I was just like, anytime somebody sits with me, if there's something that you don't want to talk about, man, you know you can tell me, like, we can move forward. But no, I, I just, I, I knew that was a big part of your life, yeah. and I knew your dad was super, you were super close with you. Yeah, yeah. We were definitely very close. Um Geographically, we weren't we were far away, but we, you know we, we had a great relationship. Talked every day, and uh, you know anybody who has a family or, or or just you know just a good relationship with your parents, you know that like that relationship only grows once you have your own kids, mm-hmm. and you call them for everything. You're like, hey, dad, you know this is what's going on, or you know. So we had a we had a wonderful relationship in that way. Um, so in 2014, um, my dad. Um, he had a um, he had some complications from diabetes, and he ended up in the hospital. And um, it's crazy because um, I I think that was the first time I ever traveled for work, and I was in Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, and I had never, uh, you know, I had never been away from my family or anything like that. Uh, and I, I came home that night, and I was just super happy to see them, and I knew my dad was in the hospital. Um, and I had been talking to him every day, but that night was weird because when I got home, I told, uh, told my wife, Hey, I know you're tired. Uh, I'm gonna take the kids with me and we're going to go, uh, pick up a bite to eat real quick. And when we got in the car, I called my dad and I was like, Hey dad, what's up? And he's like, uh, he says, Hey son. And he was like in great spirits in comparison to like, you know, a few days prior mm-hmm. sounded great. Sounded amazing. I knew I had, I can hear my aunties and some of my uncles in the background. And he goes, don't worry about me. I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here tomorrow. So everything's cool. And um, and he goes, are the kids there? And I said, yeah. So I put him on speaker, said hi to the kids. So we loved him, all this stuff. That night he had a heart attack and um, he had a heart attack and he never came to. Um, so to cross the switchblade, I, I flew out to L.A. the next morning. Um, I stayed there for a few weeks. And crossing switchblade was that that time period when I got there. So everything on crossing switchblade for me is like there's a reason why there are certain off hand claps and certain things. You know, there are certain mm-hmm. things like everything has a meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Even down to the the set list, like everything's yeah. named yeah. specifically. Yeah, it's a and we would have to do a whole other podcast for me to break everything down. But it was a really really personal. Um, there was, uh, my sister at the time lived two hours away from LA Mm. and she couldn't get to all the, um, all the meetings that I had with the doctor. So I recorded a lot of the, the conversations so I can play them back for her. My sister's a lot smarter than I am. Mm. She understands a lot more of what the doctor was saying than me. Right. And I, there's no way I could convey like, you know, an educated doctor's, you know, like a stance on, on my dad's condition, Mm. like, unless I recorded it. Yeah. So, um, long story short, when I left that time, I had to come back. I had to go to work and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, my sister and I, uh, kind of against our wishes, uh, were not able to, to say goodbye to my dad like we wanted to. So he kind of had to stay in a coma for a very long time, but crossing switchblade embodies that few weeks that I was in LA, um, you know, hanging out with him and, you know, in a, in a sense, Saying goodbye, um, knowing even though he wasn't, you know, fully transitioned. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I got a chance to come back and you know and say goodbye in a, in a real way, but um, 
it's a super personal project. Um, I had a friend who lost his dad. Um, and he called me one day and he's like, yo, I listen to this project. I got it. I understand it. Thank you. You know, and that's mm-hmm. all that it meant. You know, I didn't, I didn't really try to promote that or anything like that. Yeah. It's just something that I felt like in my spirit to do, you know? And I think that's what art is, you know, like mm-hmm. even if, uh, even if it's not something that you want everybody to hear, or even if it's not something that, that you really want to put any like, like dollars behind it's therapeutic more than anything. Yeah. And um, that helped me out, man. That helped me out a lot. I don't listen to it. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, I want to, you know what I mean? But every time I listen to it, I'm just like, for me, it's ugly crying. I, just, I feel you. <laughs> no, nah, man, for me, because um, I listened to it, I actually remember when it came out. And I, I, I don't, Thank you, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you recall, we actually, I think we had a conversation around about the time or before your father had passed. Right. And you were saying he was, you know, he wasn't doing so well. I was like, right. no, I'm, I'm praying for you. Thank you, man. But I remember, I remember that. I remember when, um, I remember when you dropped it and you mm-hmm. didn't really say nothing about it. And I right. went and listened to it. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, like, I, I heard, and maybe that's just me being a nerd, but uh-huh. from the very opening when you have like the little talking yeah. and stuff, yeah. but and then just, you can kind of hear I, I guess pain, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. I don't want to say pain, but like the pain, like you could hear, like yo, he's he's going through something, or yeah. this is like, yeah, you know, emotional. I could yeah. tell it was emotional because it's me. I've you know, I've ever since I've known you, I've listened to a lot, like your beat packs and stuff like that. Like I've listened to them. Thank you. And everything is usually sunshine and flowy yeah. and um, some some good background singing or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you. Typically, when I listen to your stuff, I feel like I'm riding in the car, going down the coast. Just uh, I can feel uh, uh, the California breeze. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I know how it it just flows. Right. It's, it's it's ride. It, I can ride to it. And with this, it was just a whole different situation. And, right. and I, I was like, okay, he's he's going through yeah. it with this. It was it was definitely it was definitely a thing. I think. Uh, my wife has always encouraged me to be more like vocal about like how I feel um, about certain things mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to like grief and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I, and, and I don't, I don't think she's wrong. I think we all should, you know, like, you know, maybe be more open to like therapy and talking to people. Um, but I, that was kind of my therapy at the mm-hmm. time. And I don't know, I don't know if it was right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. you, like I, I waited till everybody uh, went to sleep at my house, and then I would, you know, go downstairs and sit in my, you know, my makeshift studio, mm. and just work till like three, three in the morning or something mm. every night until I felt like I, it, it conveyed what I wanted to say. Yeah. But um, I don't think I ever wanted people to feel like it was dark. I think it was. I, I, I kind of wanted to be like a, an homage, or is that the right word? Yeah. To, to to my dad but i couldn't help i couldn't you can't put away or you can't compartmentalize uh certain feelings and mm-hmm. those just came out and you know some some things are beyond us and i'm not saying that i'm being used like a vessel or anything like yeah, that that's yeah. not i'm not yeah. but sometimes it's just like shit like you know you sit down and you start picking samples or you start working on things and it comes out mm-hmm. how it comes out and that just that's just one of those projects that's just like yeah it's a dark project it's it's a sad project, somber. I would say more somber than anything, mm. but you know, it's there. You know, 
Oh, help me. Hey, that's sometimes, and I think that's the cool thing about being um, an artist or a producer or somebody that deals in music. Like you can put your emotions through that and push it out there. And and for a lot of for a lot of people who are artists or who creatives, music creatives at that, um, that's usually some of the best therapy they can do besides sitting on a couch talking to some dude telling right. them that like yeah, you're you're nuts you know what right. i'm saying so exactly so you know i think it probably helped you a whole lot more than than anything else i think so man i think i'm i'm glad i did it uh i'm glad you did it i think thank i you, think man. i think that 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 i think those types of moments a lot of artists are scared to um put out there or people are so caught up in writing waves and not creating bodies of work that make sense to what they're doing at the moment. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you have to put out your feelings some way. Yeah. Well, and, I don't I don't think it's I mean, I like the current style of music as much as the next man, but yeah. sometimes that's just not your shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And sometimes you just gotta be honest and be true to yourself. And sometimes sometimes your wave is not gonna be popular and yeah. people might turn their back on it for a little bit. But it's you shouldn't turn your back on yourself. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. um, yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's okay. Producer wise, how hard is it? Like, why why are you? What, what keeps you motivated? Like, what keeps you making music? And is it really hard for you to to do it at this point? You know what I'm saying? Because you've been you've been doing you've been producing for a while, right? I've been making beats for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think when it comes to like music in general, like you have to before you start. And it's for anybody who wants to like be a musician or has aspires to be a DJ or a producer, whatever the case may be, singer, whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to learn, you have to figure out what success looks like to you, mm. right? So, um, some people think success is like where Drake is, yeah, right. And you know, some people think that success is paying your monthly bills from music. And some people will think that success is, you know, being able to buy your family dinner once a month with mm-hmm. through music. Right. And I think once your level once you define your level of success, then you can make music freely or you can just really bust your ass and get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, my level of success is is different when it comes to music. My level of success is to fucking make some dope beats and listen to them in a the car and ride around the city and hang out. <laughs> right. You know, right. Um, I never aspire to, I, I won't say I never aspire because I wanted to be a famous hip hop producer when I was a teenager. But we talked earlier about trajectory and the time frames, And I, I did a lot of dumb shit that kept me away from music for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I use those experiences like, okay, well, all these years that I could have been grinding, grinding, grinding with music, I didn't. So I'm okay with just doing what I want. Mm-hmm. And to me, being successful is, like I said, making beats, riding around. But at the same time, my level of, my definition of success allows me to still sample and to still um, do disrespectful shit with records that <laughs> the, the, the record labels won't allow you to do now. Right. You know? Right. But it's therapeutic. It's fun. I don't. I'm not. I'm not on anyone's timeline. I do what I want, and um, and I do what the culture calls for me. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the culture wants me to make beats, 
but right now it's the DJ season. It just wants me to DJ. You know what I mean? And, mm. and culture, you know, take that how you want it. But you know, that's what that's that's what I've, I've been pulled to do right now yeah. is to DJ. So I'll DJ, and when it's time to make beats, I'll make beats. And mm-hmm. when it's time to play my bass, I'll play my bass. Mm-hmm. Um, th- more importantly, I don't look to, and I hope I'm. This sounds insane, but uh, I don't want music. I don't look at 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 making beats. I'm sorry, as a as a way to make money. Yeah, I don't. I just don't. Mm-hmm. that's like the only thing that I have for myself mm. that I will not bastardize. I will not sell out. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what artist wants yeah. my beat to sound like this. It's not going to happen. Right. Uh, I am very, very fortunate in my life where I found another passion as er, I found a passion uh, that I had at the same time that I found DJing yeah. and that was being a barber. And I I didn't even take that seriously. I just knew I was practicing and I got decent at it. And then as I got older, I pivoted and uh, I now have a, a shop with a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Newman. And um, so I I make money from another art and I take care of my family through that art. And also DJing, that's another yeah. like income. And I get I get paid for two things that I love to do. So the way I see this is I make money from DJing. I make money from cutting hair. My family's good. So beats are just for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I said, my, my definition of success is different than other people's. Yeah. I like to play whatever I want and put it out and not give a fuck about what it does or who likes it, who doesn't. Right. And I'm super okay with that. Right. Um, the only person I don't want to let down when it comes to music is myself. Mm. And that's it. It's, it's, it's very simple. Um, I hear a lot of your podcasts and I love the people you interview because they're young, they're energetic mm. and they're really trying to, yeah. to do it. Uh, me, I'm on the other, other, I'm on the other side mm. of the spectrum where mm. I'm a little bit older now. Um, seasoned. You just seasoned, I'm seasoned. Brother. I'm seasoned out here. You just seasoned. <laughs> But it's like I'm not I'm not fighting for space. I'm 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 fine with the space I've created. Every now and again, I just like to stretch out a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? And let people know that like I'm still kind of nice with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. And and congratulations on um you and Radu getting and you guys got an IPA. Y'all are the, yeah. the short shot DJs <laughs> and y'all got an IPA. So yeah, shout out to DJ Radu yeah. the short shot. Yeah, so you guys, I mean, you you must be doing something right if if they decided to give you guys an IPA and say, "Hey." Well, I think um I think um we just never compromise, you know, like when it comes to like the music we play. I mean, we are still showing up to a party with, you know, five boxes of records. Yeah. Um we're still trying to play what we want. Um I don't take any DJ gigs where I can't play what I want. Right. Even if there's a, like a, even if someone says, Hey, I want you to do a Spanish party. Cool. Well, I'm going to play the Spanish records I want. Somebody says, you, I want you to do R and B party. Cool. Well, I'm playing like, I'll be sure in my shit. You right. Know what I mean? like, right. Right. You know, so the different things, man, it's just like, it's, it's just being true to yourself, not compromising. Um, and the people at district and they, there's, there's just a vibe at district brewing. Mm. That's kind of unmatched in my opinion. Mm. And, uh, and it's like, it feels like when we play there, it feels like um, you're at your friend's backyard party, you know? Yeah. 
So um, it was just like a easy, easy, like a layup. Like yeah. we, we said, hey, man, you guys, you want to do a beer with us? And they were like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, oh, shit, that actually worked. <laughs> I couldn't believe it worked, but it, it worked. And, and yeah. it was a limited run. Yeah. But um, come June, we got we got some surprises as well. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. It always does. Yeah. I think that was something my uncle taught me, too, as far as. Anything that you do, my uncle always told me. He's like, you you respect the game. The game will respect you. No problem. Yeah. He's like, for real. And I was like, and I do that now. It's funny when you when you're when you're younger and you hear that. Me being a knucklehead, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm thinking some other stuff. And then once I get to another point in my life and get a little bit more seasoned, I get it. You know what I'm saying. Like it's certain things that you most definitely. Um, you just have to respect the game so you can get it's it's all karma at the end of the day. Right. And and, and once you start respecting the game, the game is most definitely gonna feed you. Right. The game's most definitely gonna celebrate you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because you you're giving the game respect. So right. I feel where you're coming yeah. from. With and that. I learned that early. It was like you mentioned karma, like I fucked up before and my my karma's instant. Mm. You know? And then I've 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 done good before and my dharma, you know, gives back to me. Right. So um you're right, man. It's, it's 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 whatever energy you're putting out, man, and just you know staying true to yourself. It's it's some basic ass shit I'm saying right now, but it's some real ass shit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that that's how it goes, man. Why don't you celebrate your victories? You're very you're very um, back of the class, chilling, looking around, <laughs> and it's like, yo, you got like the best grade in 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 class, and you just like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that is a question, man. Um, <laughs> Cause you, you to me, there's different things that you've done, and 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 I I've always just been like, yo, this dude is like on a different level with a lot of stuff that he does. But you just be like, ah, that's cool, you know, it is what it is. What what it what I is that? Know. I mean, because everybody who I've talked to that ever brings you up is like, yo, he's so humble, man. He's he real quiet about the stuff yeah. that he do, and I'm just like, yeah, he is. And I'm I, I've always wondered. Because it, it to me it feels like you never celebrate the victories that you that you've made. Well, you, you yeah. I mean, I don't. I <laughs> look. I I'm I'm not as humble as people might think. Like I <laughs> I talk shit. You know what I mean? Right. I like. I mean, I I like to have fun and talk my shit. But right. really, I'm just I'm usually just fucking around. But in reality, man, I think I just there's so much left that I want to do mm-hmm. that is like like how. And and I'm proud of everything I've done, mm-hmm. but I you can't sit there and dwell on it because there's so much more shit to do. Right, like every B tape I've ever made or every you know project I worked on, like I'm like okay, like that's not even close to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's because sometimes you start believing the hype. Yeah, you you start losing yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, my business card said. For the barbershop, it says we ain't shit, but we're legit. So we can't take yourself too seriously, man. It's like right. it's not that serious, man. It's just you know you have wins and you have losses, and yeah. and and you just keep it moving. Yeah, you know. So it's 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 really simple. I don't know, man. I I really don't have like a well thought out answer as to why um, I don't really celebrate my victories. And that's fine. But I mean, but I do. I mean, my my wife and kids. Big them up all the time. I'm yeah. proud of them yeah. all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? But like shit with music is like it's cool, man. It's it's fucking dope and super fortunate to be able to do this still and yeah. be recognized in your in your community and your city. But it's like, but you you can't you can't you can't 
walk around like you're on a pedestal. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. You know, you you got to stay hungry out here. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's how I see it, I think. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. I have to talk about this um, because it was one of my favorite projects of that year. What was that process with, with Love Making Simp Girl? Because that was, to me, that was, I, I remember when that dropped and I listened to it and I wrote this lengthy Instagram post about like how that was some of the best music <laughs> I ever heard in my life. And it was <laughs> one you, of the man. best projects I had heard that year. And um, I know you, you produced it mm-hmm. and... What was that process like between you and love? Because you you guys make magic when y'all when y'all get together and do stuff. I I agree. I think I think love more and myself. Like I think we're just kind of like I don't know, man. It just it just I work fast. She works fast. And and when when we find something, like it just clicks immediately. Um, earlier I talked about um, about a, like pain in a singer's voice, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I I, I heard in in hers as well. My wife's probably gonna laugh at this because she says that I always listen to like sad music. Oh, you only listen to sad music. You only listen to, sad. and I, she's not wrong. But I feel like when I heard Love Moore's voice for the first time, I was like, okay, there's there's a coolness about it. Mm-hmm. She can sing, but there's like uh, she the music she chooses is like really really dark. It's really, not really dark, but it can it can be somber. And um, I was like, it's my job to like get the best I can out of her. Uh, so I just started sending her beats that are like, you know, more down tempo, mm-hmm. um, just a little more, more low. I would say more on the soulful side, mm-hmm. uh, some minor chords and things like that. Um, and we worked on blue polka dots together a lot. We, we did a lot of stuff on there mm-hmm. and I send her, I send her that, that, that type of music. And people liked the stuff we did on Blue Polka Dots so much that they kept saying, you need to do a full album with Love More. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned it maybe once, and she was kind of like, I don't know, you know what I mean, whatever. And um, later on, she was like, all right, we got to do this. So by that time, man, I had sent her so many so many beats. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe it was like a three-year process. Wow. Um, yeah, she was, she was just, I would send beats nonstop to like a handful of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, um, she was like hoarding some of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, one day she calls me to, she calls me and she's like, yo, I'm, we're doing this project. And I'm like, all right, bet. And uh, she plays a song or two for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, stop. Like, I'm going to send you something else. And I send her something else. And then I'll send her something else. And next thing I know, we're at B flat. Shout out to B flat. Yeah. We're at his studio. Uh, that's when he was still living in Birmingham. And she's playing me some of the joints. And she was like, I need one more song, bro. And I was like, okay, which is it? And what do you need? And she was like, it's it's a la- it's the last song on Crossing Switchblade. And I was like, mm-hmm. nah, you yeah. ain't getting that. Yeah. And uh, she was like, all right, cool. you know. And um, a few months later, she's like, I need you back at B-flat so we can record a, a live version on your guitar of mm-hmm. like Ogre. And I was like, all right, cool. And when we got there, uh, she was like, I want to play you this joint. Mm-hmm. And I did this like little, like this little blues style beat. And she did, it's a trap over that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah. And that was, was on like, Sunroom Sessions, if I'm not mistaken. No, it wasn't. It was it was just like a little beat I made out of nowhere. Oh, I, thought it, you, I thought I heard it on one of your. I'll, I'll shoot it to you. It's like, a, I, I'm sure I got it somewhere. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, it wasn't, I wouldn't call it a throwaway beat, but it was like one of those beats that I was just doing for, for fun. Yeah. And I sent to her. 
and she did it's a trap over that beat and i was like that ain't it and she was oh, like okay she was like what you mean and i was like nah that ain't it i was like all right tell you what you want that joint you can have that joint because i at that point i believed in that project yeah like not that i didn't believe in her prior to that but i heard what she was working on mm-hmm. and i'm like man this shit is this shit is hard yeah. um and uh i mean i'm drawing a blank as to as to what song that really convinced me but anyway i sent her that beat and uh i i think about that beat how it was the last song on um for my dad's project yeah but it was the first song on it was the first song on a new like beautiful project and yeah. i thought it was like i was like no one's gonna listen to to cross and switch play but maybe maybe people maybe that sentiment or reach mm-hmm or reach more people through this way. Yeah. And she did it and it was fucking over. Like that shit. To this day people are like, yo, it's a trap. It's like my favorite joint. Yeah. And you know? I got my projects messed up. But I knew that came from like one of your Yes, yes. But you but yeah, your it, it did come from across yeah. the switchblade. I just um, yeah, I'm sorry, I got mixed nah, up. Nah, you're straight. Um <laughs> But yeah, man, that project, man, that little thing grew legs, bro, and, and it was crazy because like I remember we released it, we celebrated and it was I was like, all right, cool. Well, that's that's dope. You know, it's mm-hmm. a rap on that. Yeah. And it just people started going crazy over it. Um, I don't know if it ever got, you know, outside of Birmingham, mm-hmm. but I know people in Birmingham like. I was pushing it to everybody. Thank you, man. I was pushing Thank it. You. I was like, you need to listen to this. You need to listen to this. This is amazing. Yeah. You need to listen to this. Like, Dude, it was it was such a, it was such a fun time. Um, and I think for, for love, I was really proud of her because she um. I feel like she got really into her pen game on that mm-hmm. and like she really started experimenting with her vocals and she just sounded like a polished singer by then. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, this is dope. Like, you know, and like I said earlier, I never thought I'd be working with like singers. Yeah. But here we are. And like the music kind of just lends itself to that. So yeah, that's a, that's still one of my favorite projects. I love it. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Rashid for helping promote that yeah. and like managing I Love More at that time. So dope dope project i love that project why um why r&b over hip-hop for for because i i think you said earlier you was just like yo I'm, I, I like messing with the r&b stuff more than i do the hip-hop stuff so why would you why would you go that route because you can do hip-hop beats i've heard you yeah. i've heard you put together hip-hop beats before so what why why the i mean is that something that you prefer or is that something that you just i think it's just it just happened if i'm honest and i've said this before i i like to work with people who who want to work, Yeah, you know? Um, and I've worked with, like, a lot of rappers who just, like, bro, I got you on that beat. I'm going to do something with that beat. And it's, like, been, like, a few years, you know? <laughs> and I know I mentioned that Love More had, like, some beats for a few years, but mm-hmm. she was always constantly working. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about her is, like, she's – I can pull up my my Instagram and there will be a video of her singing to one of my beats. She was like, yo, hold this for me. But it's like I know if, if, if I, I know you're working on something, mm-hmm. it, it kind of gives me – you know, it puts a battery in my back, too. Um Rappers are, are a little more chill, you know what I mean? They're a little mm-hmm. more like, yo, send me this. And then when you send it, they never release them. Right. And I just think also, um, I just, did I just shit on rappers? Because I was not. No, no, no. You did. <laughs> but um, you, you you were very nice yeah. and PC. You were more PC than <laughs> I, I am because uh, if you get me on my soapbox about dealing with rappers and <laughs> interviews and management, then, then we, yeah. we'll, we'll be here another hour. No, dude, I think, I think though, uh, I think I like to challenge myself too. You know, it's like, I, any old music I listen to is, you know, rooted in R&B. You know, mm-hmm. you got, like, I got tons and tons and tons of records at home and they're all usually people singing and stuff like that. So, um, that's the one thing. And I say this all the time, but like, uh, 
hip hop taught me everything I know about music, mm-hmm. everything from jazz to funk to soul, mm-hmm. um, you know, to gospel even. Um, so the older I get, the more I, I don't listen to rap and the more I just listen to the foundation of rap. Mm. And that's where I am currently musically as well. Like, mm. um, my new project is doesn't sound like anything that I've done before. Mm. And I'm excited for people to hear it. I think I'll, I'll probably turn a lot of people off with it. But then, again, I don't care. Like, it sounds like you... It sounds like you just landed in Brazil. <laughs> you know what I mean? So since since you went on it, you you actually started my next question. What what are you working on currently? And it looks like you got something new that's going to come out. Yeah. So the new joint that we're releasing is going to be on vinyl. Oh and, shit! Uh, okay. It's not going to be a full length. It's going to be an EP, and it's going to be on a forty five. So for those who don't know, a oh, forty five wow. is a seven inch record. It's a small record. Yeah. And it plays at a faster speed than a traditional. Uh, 12 inch 33 and a third record um i like 45s i think they're super dope and as a dj i if i can transition all my collection to 45s i probably would because my back my back ain't shit no more <laughs> but <laughs> but um i'm working really hard um i'm working really slow yeah but i'm working really hard i'm i i had it, i thought i had it finished and i went back and listened and i'm and i scrapped like most of the songs and um, I'm only focusing on what I feel like has has like uh, good legs on it, you know. Yeah. And uh, this one's different because we I'm adding live instrumentation. Uh, shout out to Luke. He got uh, he hooked me up with the loud pack, and uh, he did some produ- uh, vocal. I mean, excuse me, some horn production mm-hmm. on one of the joints for me. Yeah, some of the best horns and best horns in the game, yeah, straight up. Yeah, shout out to Loud Pack, man. They're incredible. Um, also, um, I one of my my clients at the barbershop um he's a he's a studio musician mm-hmm. uh he's a he's a guy named charles harnick mm-hmm. and uh i played him one of the joints and i was like hey i need some 1970s fender roads on mm-hmm. this shit and he sent it back and it was like damn you nailed it <laughs> you know so uh things like that is, is what i'm working on i'm playing a lot of bass on this mm-hmm. I'm, I'm playing like uh a lot of like shakers and like percussion, some guitar, of course. Yeah, um, I'm excited, man. I think uh, this is uh, this is a grown man record for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This is like uh, this is my transition out of everything I've done, and hopefully, it's gonna uh, it's gonna catch the attention of people who are into vinyl. Mm-hmm. You know, this yeah. one I want people to hear. Yeah, I do want people to hear this one. I want people to to feel like they just. Like they've just been transported to maybe another time. Yeah, you know, I yeah. know, I know. It's it's these are a lot of expectations, but I'm excited. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think sometimes that's the most difficult part about being uh, a creative or or somebody who does music is like getting outside of yourself and actually kind of reaching and digging deep in your bag. Right. And saying like, okay, now it's time to try something new. I think more artists never take that that leap of faith. Right. Um, because they're scared people will reject it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I, I wish more people would just say, tr- I think trying things helps you become way way more uh, well-rounded as an artist or producer or whoever. Right. So I wish more people would do that. Let me I ask agree. you a question. Are you going to ever do anything else that's sample heavy? Yeah. I mean, even this, this new project is sampled. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm never never in my life gonna abandon samples. Okay. I've had artists tell me, "Hey, can we redo this with no samples, or can we do?" And I've and I've done a lot of stuff, especially with Love More. I've done stuff that isn't sampled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nah, dude, like sampling is the only hip hop I love is sampled, mm-hmm. and the only hip hop I want is sampled. Right. You know what I mean? And my life revolves around records and shit so yeah. no i'm 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 all i listen to music differently sometimes yeah and i'm like hey this is this is a sample right here or this is you know the spot yeah this is a part also i'm at a point now where when i produce i need a sample in there because i, I don't feel like it sounds like me when i don't sample it mm-hmm. you know so yeah although the new the new joints i'm working on are really like uh there's a lot of musicianship on there. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of samples as well. Yeah. And it's might be the first time. And I learned this a lot over the years. Maybe it's because I'm getting older and I'm starting to like let go of a lot of things in life. But I used to hang on to production real tight. Mm-hmm. And I used to be like, I only, I, I got to play bass. I got to play guitar. I got to play keys. I got to do everything on these. Right. You know, like, and now I'm just like, let me get somebody who's better than me to mm-hmm. do this. Or let me get somebody who's better at me. Uh, when it comes to guitar, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. or And learning from Luke, you know, yeah. let me get a horn section on here. Mm-hmm. That sounds incredible. What would that add to my production? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a it's a new season as far as, like, for me as a, you know, in, in my adulting and in my production. I think they kind of go hand in hand, you know? Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. What what does it take for somebody to be able to work with you? Like what? What if some? If I if I'm an artist and I wanna I wanna work with you, what do what what is the criteria you need for me to work with you? I don't know. I just say just be a willing to work and be a nice person. You know what I mean? And <laughs> and just be you know I I like to work with my friends. You know so mm-hmm. um so if I don't see you or I don't know you, I might not work with you mm-hmm. only because it just doesn't feel organic. And you know I said earlier this thing is like. It's not, this is not what I want to do to like blow up. I don't aspire to go, you know, places through music. Yeah. I, I, I aspire to transition you to different places through the music. Right. You know what I mean? So um, if I don't know you and if the, or if the energy is not right, like I probably just, you know, it's not that I don't want to work with you. It's just like, you know, I'm not going to hurry up and do it. Yeah. Uh, also, um, if I'm not busy, then I'm going to do it. You know, usually uh, I, I have three kids. I'm married. I have two jobs. And you got responsibilities. And a bunch of passions, yeah. yeah. So sometimes some sometimes something has to suffer yeah. and a lot of the times it's it's the production, yeah. Yeah. And um and I think that's everybody's life is like that, right? Yeah. You want to do everything, but something always suffers. Yeah. And you know, the beat making, you know, because it's it's not generating wealth. It's it's more of a passion thing, you know. I'll get to it when I get to it. So yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not the easiest person to work with in that way. Uh, but that's but see, that's the thing, man. Like everybody, when I'm out talking to to artists or or whatever the case may be, like everybody wants a beat from you or everybody wants something from you. You might not. I don't know if you know that or not, but you know, people really really be wanting to get stuff from you or be able to work with you. And it after having this conversation with you, it dawned on me like if you ain't willing to like grind or work, like you you really don't need it because right. you're good with what you're doing, and that it that makes so much yeah. more sense to me. Well, I appreciate it, man. I, like I love the city, man. The city has embraced me like like it was my own, you know, and mm-hmm. and and it is mine too. Like it's my city now too. Yeah, you know. Uh, but you know, 
if I can work with somebody, I, I'm down to do it. But there are so many good producers in the city mm-hmm. that like are just blowing me out of the water who are incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not having a beat from Swayze is not going to ruin your project and it's not going to ruin your day. Yeah, but but I think that you have a pocket that a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, want to be a part of. And, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things, man, where I think for certain people or certain artists, that, that kind of helps them be a little bit more solidified than, than having a beat from, you know, whoever else. So, that, and that was one of the reasons why I asked what it would take to be able to work with you. Because I've heard right. so many people like, yo, I want to work with Sway so bad. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't think he's going to fuck with you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, man, I mean, I, the one thing about me, I'm, I'm a super friendly person. And I, I'm, I, I'm very approachable. Mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of people. And and some of the some of the people I've worked with, it's just because we had a good interaction when we just met. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a they were just kind people. Mm-hmm. You know, and like when I feel somebody's like a kind person, or I just like somebody off top. You know, I'm I'm I was like, okay, I'll put them on a list of people I want to work with. Sometimes I don't know, I, mm-hmm. I really don't know, um, you know, why I worked with who I worked with, but mm-hmm. um, it's just I meet good people. And and that's that. Like I met Eugenius, and Eugenius is one of the greatest dudes in the city, and yeah. he just so happens to surround himself with great artists. Mm-hmm. So I want to work with all of them too, you know. So yeah. um, I think if my, um, I think maybe after I release this um, this project, I think you'll you might hear more from me um, as a as a producer, mm-hmm. um, and maybe working with more more people. But right now it's kind of like just kind of consume me, mm-hmm. and um, in a way that that I I appreciate because again it's a it's a whole different approach to me me doing stuff and I'm 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 aiming for something different than than I did with with Sunroom or yeah. you know or, or other past projects yeah yeah um this this last thing and then we'll, we'll be getting up out of here tell everybody about this album collection that you have that is probably one of the greatest collections <laughs> ever it's not one of the greatest collections but it's Definitely my <laughs> my shit. You know? How many albums do you own? Um, right now, not very many. I mean, maybe two thousand. <laughs> no, you know? not very many. Just no, 2, but like, all right. So, like, if you look at OGs that are in the actual record game, yeah, guys are thirty thousand. Yeah, know? man, but I you guys two hundred thousand. I'm not, 000, <laughs> I'm not coming know? across that every day. And then I used to hate on you because you used to show your stuff on on Instagram, <laughs> and I used to be like, oh wow, like. I try to chill out on that because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why do I do that? Shit is so weird. I think it's dope. I yeah, love it. Well, I just, it just gives me a reason to hate on you too. But. I wanted to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wanted to do like one of those things where it's like I play a song and then like I tell you what I feel about it and shit. But I was just like, one, that's corny. Two, um, I shouldn't say it's corny. It's just not me, right? Uh, but two, it's like the copyright stuff on uh, yeah. Instagram is, is so so Ridiculous. yeah. Also, all that stuff gets lost in the shuffle, and I, I just, I don't know. My page doesn't really talk about much mm-hmm. outside of, like, just regular-ass shit. Yeah. Um, I will say that every record in my collection I, I care about. Um, it's very important to me, um, and I got it for a reason. I could damn near pinpoint the reason why I got each, whether it be a song, whether mm-hmm. it be a cover, whether it be because... You know, they have an acapella that they didn't have on, you know, X, you know, record or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So every every record means something to me. And every 
every time I buy a record, I still feel like we just discovered we had turntables in the damn garage. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm right. excited to go home. I'm excited to play it. Can't wait for the next gig. Yeah. You know, and I just, I love this shit, man. It's yeah. not, you know, records is, is, is an education, man. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, it's like opening up an encyclopedia and just learning every day about different musicians, um, who they work with. Yeah. Um, you know, different types of music they've done. And, and it's, it's inspiring mm-hmm. to see like, uh, Herbie Hancock, for instance, one of the greatest to ever do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he played with, you know, Miles Davis and then he transitioned to all these other genres, uh, throughout the years. Yeah. So it's inspiring for me because it's like, yeah, you know, we did a beat tape, but who's to say we can't, you know, do an orchestra at one point in our lives. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like there's just it just lets you know that like if you're a great artist, there's no fucking limitations. Right. Herbie Hancock, what a great example of probably one of so well, for people like uh, from us, like I, I just feel like Herbie Hancock is very underrated. Like nobody talks about like the right. stuff that he's done, but he's up there when it he's comes to like music and the thing things that he's put together and and different genres that he's transitioned from and stuff like that so yeah, he's fucking everywhere and still getting grammys and shit like he's just he's like just, quincy jones yeah like quincy jones another like and i i i normally would say quincy before anybody because he was a master in every era mm-hmm. you know if you ever uh anybody out there likes books there's a book called q and it's probably one of the most incredible reads uh i don't list i don't read like uh like fiction I read like biographies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't know why that's my thing. Because uh, it because the the lives like that like are interesting. Like I I remember watching the um his his doc on on Netflix yeah. and seeing that he's still going. You know what I'm saying at, at this point in his life, and he's yeah. just like, yeah, I can put this together, no problem. Yeah. Like, what, what yeah. do you need? You know? Yeah. Well, the, I think the 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 Netflix documentaries like the exact same shit as a book. Mm-hmm. Like they just like paraphrase. Um. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, just records are dope, man. Records are dope. Go to Seasick Records. Go digging. Uh, when I say go digging, don't just go right into the rap <laughs> section or don't just go into like the rock section. Like, go always challenge yourself. Uh, to you producers, go go to sections that you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Go to the world section. Uh, if you don't know how to dig, then find the interesting covers. That's you'd be surprised yourself, man. You, I, I wouldn't home with kids records. That had like sick ass drum breaks on them, and you know I, I've gone home with like, you know records that looked amazing that mm-hmm. were shit, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, just challenge yourself. You know, don't be so close minded. Listen to fucking everything. Yeah. And you, it might not be for you, but at least you gave it a shot. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and yeah, there's no, there's no fucking, there's no, there's no rules to this shit. No. Ever, ever. And if you think there are rules to this shit. Then unprogram that and, and get back to it. Right. Yeah. Right. All right, man. Let everybody know where they can get in touch with you or your social medias or what you like. Let them know all of that stuff. Yeah. Well, before that, man, thank you for the opportunity, bro. Man, come I on. fucking love this, this show. Is, this has been in the. We've tried to do this so many years yeah, and had yeah. so many different plans well, on yeah. how to do it. And I just feel like fate. God, everything just leads you to the right place in the right time. I feel like we're both in a in a in a in a good space that we were able yeah. to do this. Yeah. Um. Because I, I, to be honest with you, I had completely 
just like I, I, I literally was just like, I'm not interviewing nobody else ever again. I was gonna just I saw die. that, man. Why? Um I, I think it was more of a just feeling a little unappreciated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I just felt like what am I doing it for? Or But you're really fucking good at this. Yeah. Like it's it you never really for me, I never really was able to get get it out of my system, and the pandemic was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because I kind of looked that out because I was gonna let the whole website just go to shit. I was just gonna kill it, and um, I looked up at a. I have a whiteboard where I always write down my ideas, my scheduling, and all this other stuff. And I looked, and I was like, "Yo, I hadn't put out nothing in, since like 2019," and I was in the pandemic, and I was just like um, at home. And I I pulled my website up and I was like, I'm gonna just redo this website. I don't know. I, I just feel like God had a plan and he was just like, Yo, I'm with you and like just stick to what you're doing, man. Yeah. And uh, and Luke. Luke was like, When you gonna do something, man? When you gonna yeah. interview somebody else? That was a hell of an interview. It was too short, man. I need part two. <laughs> nah, man, I was gonna throw all of it away. I was just gonna stop. Cause I just I never felt appreciated. Um and then I had one thing that I had to do was to I just had to read. It was some books I I, I read yeah. over the, over the pandemic time. Okay, and I had to understand that like I shouldn't give a damn about like what other people give me credit over. Right, just do what I'm. Just do what you're good at, and just keep grinding. Just keep doing it, and it'll be all right. Even if it's just for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and people listen. I I listen to these. Yeah. I think they're dope. That's what Luke said. Luke was like, "Bro, <laughs> what are you doing? Why yeah, are you Luke, not doing Luke this?" Luke listens all the time. And I know he gave you your flowers, but you deserve those. Yeah, man. man. You, you've been killing it for a long time in here. And I, I and, appreciate and you, y'all. you gave a lot of people a lot of looks, you know, including me. Thank you. Yeah. And I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, and it's not easy. I do a I do a show on Sundays. Pastime Paradise. Pastime Paradise on Substrate Radio. Shameless I, I, plug. I, uh, yeah, go ahead. It's cool. But I've, I, so in the beginning, I was doing... Uh, just some music from home mm-hmm. and just hop on the mic and be like, yo, blah, 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 you know, but now I've interviewed people and it's not easy, it's not easy at all. So I not only I respect it, but I like, you know, I tip my hat because mm-hmm. it's like, it's a real talent, a talent I may not possess, mm-hmm. but I'm going to just keep doing it. Cause it's fun interviewing your friends and talking about music. See, and now, I'm actually doing, I'm doing Thursday Night Lights now. So Thursday Night Lights is me basically being a radio DJ for my website yeah. and doing my own solo stuff where I'm playing songs. Like, I'm actually, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like music news. It's like um, music. I always celebrate hip-hop at the very beginning, right. playing some old school stuff. Yeah. Stuff like that, man. Reading, oh, yeah. uh, just get, putting out music news, trying to help independent artists understand the game a little bit better. So when do you, uh, when do you sleep? Cause you be doing a lot. You got a few shows. Yeah, nah, man. It, it ain't about sleep. I got a passion for this. Like, I, this is something that I'm really good at. Don't know how. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a music nerd that knows a little bit about music. So that's what's up. But I appreciate that, yeah, man. Yeah, man. We're I lucky appreciate to have that. you, bro. Yeah, I, no, I appreciate. I appreciate everyone here in the city that that does that does music, and I, I think a lot of my looks came from just hearing the talent here and was wanting to just give them a, a, a platform to be able to say, "Yo, like this is what I do. I'm good at it." Anything that I anybody I've ever interviewed, it ain't never been about me. Right. It's about promoting yourself and what you have. You know what I'm saying? I'm the middleman. You know what I'm saying? I'm just the dude that deal the dope. 
I ain't the one that make it. <laughs> but you really, you really do pull up to all the shows and everything. Yeah, I, I know there was a time where I was, you know, more active in that in that way, and I was going to a lot of shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I slowed down on that, so I don't know if you're still going to a lot of shows. But I know for a while, man, I'm back you're outside. the first person I saw. I'm back outside all the time. Yeah, man, trying because I, I, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of new talent that's out there that I'm, I'm real. I, I really want to um, like just see what they're what they're like, what they're doing right now, and stuff right. like that too. And I just want to, I just want to hear them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like yeah. live and just kind of see what they're about. Yeah, man. So yeah, I'm back outside now. Hell yeah! All right, well, I'm looking forward to what you got cooking, man. <laughs> my next, who you're gonna be interviewing? My as next well. one, my next one, people. Th- this one right here, ain't nobody ready for it yet. I ain't even. I ain't even this ain't gonna it. do no numbers, man. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. Let everybody know. Give give everybody know what what, what you got going on. Let them, let them know your socials, all that. Yeah, um, man, I I think we talked about everything. My social media is presence is trash. <laughs> I got I got an Instagram. I like Instagram. It's, What's your Instagram? What's your Instagram? Is Sways one. That's S U A Z E O N E. Um, I got Twitter. Um, I think it's I don't know. I have I don't. I have Facebook, but I never go on there. Yeah, fuck that. Um, what about you? Tell everybody about your Pastime Paradise stuff, too, and okay, let them so, know where they, can, where they can catch that. So you can catch me every Sunday on SubstrateRadio.com. I have a show called Pastime Paradise from 1230, uh, 12.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, and uh, I play records from my personal collection, uh, just some real nerdy shit. We talk about all the records, and hopefully just kind of curate a nice eclectic Sunday afternoon for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, you can catch me at the barbershop, uh, Beham Classic Cuts, uh, again, that's BehamClassicCuts.com. Let me be clear. If you do not have an appointment, you cannot get a haircut. Uh, <laughs> no if you, walk in. No walk in. If you do decide to walk in, that's a more expensive haircut, and the signs are in the shop when you see them. <laughs> but shout out to everybody who supports us in every way, shape, or form, man, whether it be music, whether it just be you know saying what's up, and you know every single person that I came across in the city has uh, you know helped you know shape my experience and, and made it even better you know yeah. so um thank you man once again no thank you um, bro this is i'm so happy you said yes and we finally got a chance man, hell to do yeah. it hell yeah I, I was not gonna say no um you know what's funny is like we were you were supposed to interview me like maybe what four years ago yeah and then it didn't happen and i was like damn i ain't never gonna interview with nobody <laughs> and then i went on like this podcast tour and shit and i was like god damn i done like six of them <laughs> i think josh was like all right bro that's like a lot of podcasts you're doing <laughs> i had shit nothing to promote so i'm a little more excited of being here because you're the homie and yeah you know and it's just a great conversation so thank you man man thank you man Hell yeah, appreciate it we'll catch you later peace <laughs>